Welcome to Dear Wallflower, your podcast advice column for the woman who desires to deepen and beautify her inner world. Every week, we'll answer a letter from listeners just like you, who are looking for insight and wisdom on the most pressing questions in their story right now. Make sure to stay with us until the end to hear our weekly recommendations on books, movies, music, lifestyle, beauty, and more. We're so glad you're here. Grab a cup of tea and come on in. Welcome, dear listeners, to this episode of Dear Wallflower, a podcast for the woman with a deep inner world. I'm your host, Kelia Clarkson. I'm an actress, writer, filmmaker, and the editor-in-chief of Wallflower Journal. And with me today is my lovely co-host, Jessica Schroeder. I'm a writer and newly minted doctor, a food blogger, tea drinker, and plant-based entrepreneur. We want to thank each and every listener who is tuned in today. We're just so glad to have you with us, and we hope that this episode finds you well. We will be getting to this week's letter in just a few moments, but first, let's get into our pre-letter segment of the show called Roses and Thorns, where we recount our highs and lows of the week, starting with our thorns, so something that left us feeling dry or depleted or frustrated, and finishing off with our rose something that fostered our inner world, brought us joy, or built us up. So Jessica, what was this week's thorn and this week's rose? My thorn this week came in the form of a migraine. Um, but thankfully, it wasn't an all day. I mean, it, it, it definitely affects you. <laughs> I feel like it affects me all day, but like I didn't have the headache for nearly as long. I get the aura migraine, so it starts with that you know, got to turn all the lights off and just chill. And I'm usually sitting down and like rubbing my neck and just trying to, to get it to, to, um, ease up. Um, but usually I just put on a podcast and I just try to distract (laughs) myself and that, that can, that can help. But yeah, it definitely throws a wrench in things. I think it just makes you feel more depleted and more tired. Um, even if it's not, you know, like nausea and uh, massive headache. Um, but Mm -hmm. Yeah, not as bad as it's been, which is great, but, you know, never fun. But uh, my rose came a few days later. Um, We had a party here in Colorado for my Colorado community. Since I I defended my dissertation in Illinois, got to see my family there, and then had family and friends present just the other night to to celebrate here. So we just Mm -hmm. got a bunch of Chipotle and uh, really grateful (laughs) for family that was help, um, help make that possible. And it just is beautiful to see so many people that you love and who care for you in the same room and maybe don't all know each other. Like some of them overlap because of different organizations or or church or whatever. And then you have people that are meeting each other for the first time. And um, it's just really sweet to look around the room and see like the cloud of witnesses, so to speak, who've like buoyed me up in this time and supported Mm. me through the process. So it, it, as much as it was like a celebration, I almost feel like it was a thank you to them as Mm. well. So if you're listening and you've been a part of my journey, thank you. (laughs) So (laughs) that's a lovely rose. How about for you this week? Well, my thorn was um, actually just this this past night. For some reason, I just woke up every single hour. I don't know why. (laughs) Yeah. Normally, like a lot of times I'll wake up like maybe once during the night. Um, But I I don't know why. It was just every single hour. And it was every time I was like... um, 
is it, is it 7am yet? Cause I, I had kind of told myself, I, I do this thing. I don't put on a, um, an alarm, but I tell myself, okay, Kayla, you're going to wake up at 7am. And a lot of times it works within like 20 minutes or so. Uh-huh. But, um, so I kept going like, is it seven? Is that why? No, it's three. No, it's four. Why am I waking up? So that was just a little bit annoying. Like the body um, anxiety of like, will I miss seven o'clock? Will I sleep past it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it's normally not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just a little bit thorny. Um, but my rose was at the weather this week in Los Angeles has been absolutely beautiful. Just 70 degrees, 65 degrees, just so lovely, so temperate, um, really nice to walk and hike in. I just, I wanted to be outside. So that was just a nice, uh, nice little gift, a nice way to really finally bask in some more autumnal mm. uh, weather here. Yeah, it's great to have the weather that actually like draws you out the door, like come outside. Yes, yes, I, I do love Los Angeles in 70 degrees is just absolutely beautiful. All right, so just a couple of things before we move on to our letter for this week. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a review helps to boost the podcast and get in front of other people who might enjoy it and get something from it. It also makes us feel good. (laughs) And lastly, make sure to share with a friend. And we would love to encourage you to send in your own letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. We would be honored to have the opportunity to speak into the issues that you are facing today. Okay, so let's move on to our letter for today, which covers the subject of getting closure after a friendship ends. Dear Wallflower, when I moved to a new city, I became great friends with a girl my age. We met at church, had similar interests, children around the same age, and lived five minutes from each other. We would have playdates every week and text nearly every day. After two years of this, she and her husband moved to another state to be closer to family. As time was closing in on her moving date, I noticed that she was distancing herself from me. We didn't even have a last time together to say goodbye. I tried to keep the friendship alive through texts and voice memos, and even though she always responded, she never initiated anything. I decided to take a step back from the friendship to see if she would initiate anything or if our friendship was done. It has been almost one year since we've talked, and I'm still so confused about what happened. I feel like at this point, it's too late to have a conversation about what happened and to receive any closure. However, she comes to visit our church, our city and church from time to time, and I'm not sure what to do when I see her. Should I let things go and move on, or try to figure out what happened? Sincerely confused ex-friend, Jessica, what are your thoughts for our writer today? Well, first, my heart sunk when I read this letter. I can only imagine how hurt um, our confused ex-friend must have felt and still be feeling even now. Um, I noticed two key things in the middle of her letter that I wanted to point out. One, that her friend had begun to distance herself before the move. And two, that they didn't have... Uh, a last time together to say goodbye. I feel like those are two 
maybe yellow flags. And I, I wonder if we can dig a dip deeper into them as we start out here. First thought, I have to wonder how the friend feels about goodbyes. So mm-hmm. I kind of saw a little bit of myself in that, just in the sense that I I don't, <laughs> I don't like goodbye. I like, see you later. Like I, as much as I, I, I love being vulnerable and I think it's so important. I think with certain people, it can be hard to be vulnerable when you feel very deeply about someone, but you haven't really had the point chance to express it. And you're like, here I come to a goodbye. And now I feel like I'm going to express more than you've ever expressed to me or, you know, so I'm Mm -hmm. wondering if this friend may have prematurely intentionally, sorry, maybe intentionally, but maybe unintentionally distanced herself to self-protect in some kind of a way. Like if it it was a defense Mm -hmm. mechanism, maybe to hold pain at a distance. Obviously, without knowing the friend, it's impossible for me to say, but I think it's it can be valuable to try to see things from the friend's perspective and at least start by maybe giving her the benefit of the doubt. So like I said, it could have been intentional, but maybe it was even unintentional. Also, I have to wonder how the friend saw the friend, the relationship and how that might differ from how our writer felt about the friendship. So some questions going through my own mind as I was pondering the letter include, um, what was the friendship like, you know, beyond the, you know, what she says about getting together regularly and texting, uh, were they truly really close? And maybe Mm -hmm. that differed for, for one or the other of them. Was it more about convenience for the friend? And what I mean by that is that I think we tend to spend more time with people that we see on a regular basis and that we live close to. So not that it's in any way should be offensive that she was spending time with with, um, our writer because it was, quote, convenient. But it's just easier, right? When we're near people, we do life with the people that are close to us. And that can be a gift. It really is a gift. Um, Evidently, our writer feels hurt and experienced this friendship as a close one. And continuing to try to see things from the friend's perspective, um, our writer notes that after moving, the friend would respond to messages, but didn't initiate. I think that we can at least celebrate that the friend was responsive. I think that's a good sign, right? She didn't ghost her. Um, But it sounds like our writer was hoping for more initiation on her friend's part and Mm -hmm. didn't see that. For those who want to maintain friendships across distance, it's obviously important that there be initiation from both sides. So this may be something that our writer can express that need for to her friend if she feels like she can reach out and and make contact again. Um, And it could be that the friend has been understandably preoccupied with those people in relationships directly in front of her now in this new city where she lives. You know, the, Mm -hmm. the whole out of sight, out of mind sort of mentality or that, that phrase, unfortunately that, that works all too well with relationships too. Yeah. So I want to move on now and address the question that our writer poses. Should she let things go or should she try to find out what happened? And saying that another way, is it too late to have a conversation? I would say that it may not be too late to have a conversation. In some sense, I believe that it's never too late, but especially since it's only been one year since you guys have talked, I think it's actually appropriate. It's fine for our writer to initiate something. 
Yeah. If you, our writer, feel the need for closure and want to try to figure out what happened, I think trying to sit down with her next time she's in town or even scheduling a phone call before then could be really helpful for you. So if you decide that you want to pursue that, um, how to start the conversation, I may be a little old fashioned, but I would opt for a handwritten letter as the first step, assuming that you have her new address, which I hope you do. Um, maybe if you do this, maybe even include something like a small little gift in the mail with your letter. So maybe she's a tea drinker or maybe she likes coffee and there's something unique to the place where you live and where she used to live with you. And that would remind her of her time there and show that you have remembered something that she really likes. And if you go with a letter, um, in terms of what to include in it, I would say express at least some amount of your frustrations or confusion and the hurt that you have felt, at least enough to help her understand how much you'd like to have a heart-to-heart to help to clear the air between you about your friendship, but also be sure to emphasize how much you care for her and how much her friendship has meant to you. Also clearly express your desire to have a conversation, either in person or over the phone. I think a letter could be a great idea for a starting point for a few reasons. Uh, One, it allows you the time and space to clearly think through and carefully craft what you want to say. Second, I think it's a personal way um, to communicate that those things that something digital and text-based um, at least a, a digital kind of text-based, because obviously a handwritten note is text-based, but something like a text or an email just doesn't have that same personal nature to it. And third, I think a letter also both invites and allows for your friend to receive, to read, and perhaps even revisit the letter in a more thoughtful way. So text messages and emails, I think, can just easily be ignored, maybe even missed Um, inadvertently. Uh, When you receive a physical letter, though, especially in a beautiful card with a handwritten note, it's just less easy to overlook, right? I think it's it's almost like a a tiny little part of you is present in that letter, and it gets treated differently. Um, If I can be a little imaginative here for a moment, if I were your friend and I received a letter like that, I think it would make me cry. And not that the goal is to get some kind of emotional response or reaction, like that's not what I'm trying to advocate here, but I'm just sharing how I, I think that a heartfelt gesture like that might, might, might affect someone. I think it would cause mm-hmm. me, if I were the recipient, to reflect. Um, it would obviously be difficult to receive that and to read how I had hurt my friend, but I think it's important for us to know when we've hurt someone that we love. And mm-hmm. um, I would see in that letter that my friend cares for me and desires to have some closure if if we're going to close off the friendship or maybe even the opportunity to maintain the relationship if we can come to some kind of agreement. So again, I am not your friend, but I do hope that I have at least painted a bit of a picture of what might be possible if you decide to go that route. And I, I just, I hope and pray that your friend will be receptive to of your vulnerability if you decide to, to initiate things in that mm-hmm. way. Assuming that she responds well to your invitation of a conversation, however you go about that that initiation, if and when you have a conversation, definitely share honestly and openly how you felt and how you feel. Um, Of course, ask good questions and listen well. 
definitely Mm -hmm. seek to understand her experiences and her feelings. And above all, don't make it about you. (laughs) Make it about the friendship and seek to understand her point of view. Now, on the other hand, if she doesn't respond at all or doesn't respond well, it's certainly going to be awkward if you see her again, you know, especially since it sounds like she comes around from time to time and visits church, et cetera. Um, but you're, you're likely going to have to decide to move on if this is the case. Mm-hmm. You can certainly still care for her. Um, you can keep in touch. Sorry, not keep in touch. <laughs> Keep, keep, <laughs> keep her in your, your mind. Sorry. Keep it, her in your, your mind fondly and, and, and pray yes. for her, but um, don't expect too much. I also think, you know, that that's such an interesting thing to be the one that tried to reach out. And if she doesn't respond to it, there is that like immediate reaction of maybe embarrassment or mm-hmm. what did I do wrong? Or, you know, uh, what's wrong with me that she wouldn't, you know, respond to me. But I also think that you could kind of step back from that immediate emotional response and say, you know, I was the bigger person here. I Mm. tried to reestablish a connection, even if it wasn't a connection that we were going to keep on fostering. I tried to do the right thing and kind of put to rest these, um, these things, these issues that are still kind of very much alive for me. So I think she could even step back and say, I did the right thing here by trying mm-hmm. to, you know, um, open the communication and and be uh, cordial as, as apparently they keep on seeing each other. Yeah. Yeah. And if that does happen and, and you take that, that kind of mindset and perspective, I would just be careful to guard against that becoming prideful. You know, if you do see her again, don't, don't be aloof. Don't think, well, I'm, yeah, I'm the better person. I don't think that's what you're advocating, but I just feel like without, without putting that caveat out there, I think we can almost because of our sinful nature, right. I think we, we kind of can fall into those kinds of things. Whereas I think it, it could be maybe disarming in a very gentle way to, if you do see her in the, in the future again, and, and she hasn't responded, um, or just doesn't want to have a conversation and just tells you that, then, you know, show, show warmth in your smile. If you get a chance to actually, if you kind of bump into each other, like ask genuinely, you know, how, how she's doing, but don't, again, don't expect too much, but just, I think the whole, uh, just the beauty of, of, of warmth in, in your tone of voice and in, in your body yeah. language can be um, at least just a reminder of, who you are as a person. And even if, you know, your friendship isn't meant to continue in that kind of way of what it was before that you can still be on friendly terms. Yeah. No, I I think that's a really important um, thing to mention that it, it shouldn't build into pride of I'm so much Mm -hmm. better, but it's okay. I tried something. I'm not going to feel bad about having tried something, even though it didn't work out like I had hoped. Yeah. Well, to wrap up my thoughts, at least, um, while I don't in any way want to minimize the importance of this friendship for our writer, I also want to assure her and all our listeners that it's okay for friendships to ebb and flow based on life season and where we live geographically and other kinds of circumstances. 
That being said, there are indeed friends that we keep for a lifetime and no, you know, no matter where we live. So, you know, Kelia and I are separated by at least a thousand miles, if not more. And, um, we, mm-hmm. when we met, we lived probably two to 3000 miles away from each other. So just the, the beauty of being able to be in touch is, um, certainly possible, but that's not the right thing for every friendship, right? Because we wouldn't, we'd have too many people in our lives to try to, to keep close ties with. There's just, mm-hmm. we are finite human beings. Um, while it can be difficult to mourn the closing of the doors on any friendship, sometimes the time comes to let the past remain a place with cherished memories and to move on to pursue life with those in your immediate sphere. So, um, you know, our writer hasn't mentioned much about her current friendships and relationships, but I do, I do hope, and I imagine, you know, she's, she's pouring into those as well, the ones that are right in front of her. So I pray for our writer that she would have wisdom in discerning what this time holds for her with regard to this friendship that she's considering and know how to move forward. So what are your thoughts then, Kelia? Well, first I, I want to say, I appreciated that you, um, that you put an emphasis on understanding the friend's side of things that mm-hmm. our writer and we are totally in the dark about. We don't know what went on for her. Um, you know, I appreciate that you brought up what was her idea of the friendship, especially given that, you know, the kids were involved in it. And it sounds like they met through potentially um, having kids that are the same age and let's have our kids play together. And then a friendship maybe blossomed from there. That's what it sounds like from the letter. Um, Maybe that's not how it happened, but that's what I gather. And um, so I think it's just, it's a very important thing to consider how each party is seeing um, the friendship and kind of the connection that they share where they're um, holding it kind of in their life. And, you know, I, I had an experience where I was looking for a closer friendship. And so there was, you know, this girl that I would kind of meet up with every now and then. And um, I could have been hurt that she didn't seem quite as um, needing to meet up as often. And then I realized she lives with a couple of other girls. She has a lot of friends around her all the time. It sounds to me like maybe she just didn't need, you know, that friendship with me in the same way that I needed that friendship. Mm. And so it's not necessarily like there's something wrong with you or me or her. It's maybe it just wasn't quite, you guys were looking for the exact same thing. Um, So I think that's just an important thing to emphasize. We don't know what what the friend, you know, what her side of things were. Um, but you know, getting into my thoughts here, my heart definitely really hurts for this writer. I think it's very painful to feel cast aside and, you know, just dropped by someone that you thought that you were friends with, Uh, you know, especially after, um, two years of, of what a writer felt it seems was, was on the close side, you know, texting nearly every day. Um, and especially without a clear explanation or reason, um, I can understand firsthand how hurtful that type of ending of a friendship is. And, um, you know, it's difficult of course, is that our writer doesn't know what led this to happen exactly. It sounds like if it were up to her, 
they would still be texting pretty often. And so, um, you know, to her friend, her, her actions make sense. And to, then to the person receiving them, it's like this feels like it came out of nowhere and it's really hurtful. Um, so we don't know the reasons that this friend pulled away and it could be, you know, some of the things that Jessica mentioned, uh, it could be that she didn't desire to keep on, you know, fostering a friendship from far. Um, maybe she felt that moving was a sign that, you know, maybe their lives are kind of going in different directions here. Um, maybe she got distracted by first of all, just moving and then trying to craft a new life and find new friendships. Um, there are just so many reasons that she might've pulled back from the friendship. Um, we can't say what it was with any certainty, but our writer hints at the desire to uncover the reasons that this happened. And I think this is a totally understandable reason. And while I don't know the ins and the outs of their friendship, I don't know their personalities, I don't know that I don't think that this is necessarily a bad desire to have, um, provided that, you know, she's truly interested in trying to gain closure and not necessarily, you know, trying to make the friendship come back to life to what it was, mm. um, or, you know, fighting it out, you know, quarreling, get being upset about what happened. Um, so, you know, considering that it's only been a year, I know that sounds like a long time. I don't think it is that long of a time, especially, mm. um, if our writer, you know, continues to see her old friend, um, and she is still hurt and confused by it. And so I think it could be helpful for her to try to face this issue head on rather than um, let it just to, you know, continue to live in her mind and then also fill in the blanks herself of like, this is probably what happened or that's probably what happened. I find that um, when I when I let myself do that, it's typically not a, a healthy and life-giving thing. Mm-hmm. And so... If it were me in this situation, I might consider approaching this friend cordially um, without, you know, an accusation, but simply asking her for some clarity on what happened on her end. And depending on your personalities, um, you might take Jessica's advice and send a letter, or you might reach out to her over text and say, hey, I would, you know, love to just meet up for coffee when you're um, in in town next. I would love to just chat about something that's been on my heart. Um, I do recommend generally that, you know, these big talks don't stay over text just because it's so easy, I think, to not pick up on cues or tones and um, it's really easy to misinterpret each other. Um, So I think even if you don't, necessarily want to do it face to face maybe that's you know not not a writer's personality even just hop on the phone um explain to her I've been wondering about what led our friendship to end this is what I've been feeling and wondering about can you can you help can you shed some light here mm-hmm. um you know as someone who's struggled with communication what I have personally learned is that it's often worth it to go beyond our comfort zone and to communicate openly and respectfully 
and honestly, especially with someone that um, we really valued our relationship with them. I think, you know, this isn't necessarily always um, a, a good or healthy or safe thing to try to pursue this type of, of um, conversation. It just depends on the relationship. But I think in this case, it could be. Um, and I can say that there are many, many issues and old friendships in my own life that um, had I decided to communicate, ask some questions, uh, they would have either stayed alive or at least just had a healthier ending. Um, so if our writer does do this, uh, I would encourage her to be prepared for a myriad of outcomes. So her ex-friend might just shut her down and not want to discuss things. Um, in which case, you know, we, we discussed it's, it's best to move on and say, okay, I tried something and it didn't work. She has her reasons for, for doing that, whatever they may be. Or her friend might say something hurtful or something that feels really out of left field or that our writer feels is unfair. Or maybe she'll give an explanation that actually really makes sense and a writer will feel that she's been given the closure that she's hoping for. Um, but I just think it's important for a writer to kind of be ready for a lot of different um, things here. But however the conversation goes, if it does happen, um, I think it's important to go into it simply with the desire to put these things to rest in her mind, not necessarily for a specific outcome that you can't control. Um, you know, again, I don't know the ins and outs of this relationship. So if our writer does feel ultimately that it's best to just let this all go without having a conversation, I would encourage her to try not to assign motive to her ex-friend and take too much guilt and shame from this. Friendships end, and it's not always due to bad behavior or toxicity. Sometimes friendships just come to an end without truly hard feelings on either side, but just two people whose lives ended up going in different directions. So again, I, I would just encourage her to not, um, to not, you know, fail to give her uh, ex-friend the benefit of the doubt in this way. And I also encourage our writer to approach how she chooses to handle this through prayer. Talk to God and allow him to lead you in whatever direction will be the most life-giving one for you. And lastly, I couldn't finish this off without saying that I hope our writer is seeking out new friendships and filling the space that this friendship seems to have left in her heart. Mm. And uh, th there are just so few things quite as filling as a friendship. So I truly hope our writer experiences again, experiences this again, if, uh, if she hasn't already. So I hope we were able to offer some helpful thoughts and insight today. And I hope our writer is able to find a way forward through this hurt. So it is time for the May We Suggest segment of the podcast, where we suggest to you the things that we have been eating, watching, wearing, or listening to this week. Uh, anything that just made us really happy to be alive. 
anything we suggest will be linked in the description of this episode for you to check out. So Jessica, what's your suggestion this week? This week, I'm suggesting a podcast episode, episode 781 of the Rich Roll podcast, where he interviews Arthur Brooks, um, the wolves for the second time. He also interviews him on a um, earlier episode. But anyway, I listened to this um, in various segments over the last week because it's a pretty long episode and it has just so many gold nuggets, a lot of good things to take away, a lot to chew on. Um, it's based on his newest book, which he co-wrote with with Oprah called Build the, the Life You Want. Mm. And I realized for some listeners that might just be like, sound super self-helpy and you know i want to i want to just like hang a lantern on that and and recognize that um i i recognize that and uh just like with <laughs> anything in life listen with grain with a grain of salt you know take everything with a grain of salt just because you might disagree with some of the approach of something doesn't mean that there's not also a lot of great to take away as well so um yeah i really enjoyed it but also you know listening listen with a discerning ear and continue to hold to the strong values that you have whatever they may be <laughs> But yeah, I really enjoyed that episode. Wonderful. Well, I I am suggesting a book called The Jesus I Never Knew by Philip Yancey. Um, something I've been reading lately. I think Jesus can feel so far off and like a lot or like more of an idea to us than a personal God. And so this book has given me such a more intimate and beautiful and personal depiction of the person of Jesus. And so I really highly recommend it to anyone looking to deepen their understanding of and relationship with God. Mm-hmm. All right. To wrap up this episode, Jessica, how can listeners find and connect with you? Listeners can check out my weekly blog posts at edenandme.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Jessica J. Schroeder and my Substack at jessicajschroeder.substack.com. And if you want to get in contact with me, you can search my name on any of the socials and reach out. And of course, check out Wallflower Journal, where we have new articles coming out every week about relationships, beauty, recipes, personal stories, and so much more. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Wallflower today. If you have a question you'd like answered, you can send your letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. Every letter we read will be kept totally anonymous. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.